Welcome to the CND Podcast. I'm Naima Kalachand and I'm the Clinical Editor. This week I spoke to Dr. Amira Gurgis, an expert in drug misuse and novel psychoactive substances. We spoke about issues that drug users may be facing during the COVID-19 pandemic and what pharmacists can do to support them. Hi Amira, thanks for joining us today. Um, I'm just wondering if you could just tell me a bit about yourself and your background. Uh, hello, I'm Amira Gugis and I am a pharmacist. I am the M-Pharm Program Director at Swansea University Medical School. A little bit about my background, I, I specialize in drug checking, in-field drug detection and drug education. I have been the principal investigator for the first home office licensed drug checking service in the UK that was run in collaboration with Adduction in North Somerset. I wanted to talk to you today about the current um, COVID-19 crisis and issues for drug users and people who require uh, supervised consumption and and things like that in the community. Maybe it'd be good to start if we could have a bit of a chat about the kind of issues that drug users are facing in the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, so with the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of things are changing. And as you can see, it has impacted all our lives. So part of that, it has impacted people who use drugs and substance misuse services in particular and also pharmacies who deliver some of these services. So in terms of the general impact, uh, due to the lockdown across multiple uh, European countries, we've seen we uh, we've seen that the supply chain of illicit drugs is going to be disrupted and that's a predicted part of the lockdown. So all the shipping coming across from different countries into Europe and into the UK is going to be disrupted because of that. The the consequences of this are that people who are using illicit drugs are not going to find this continuous supply chain. So they are either going to try and find an alternative, either finding a substitute drug, whether they can get this online and whether they can get this from a pharmacy but they are going to try and get a substitute or some people who are dependent they may go into withdrawal and that can create possibly a burden on health services and do you think then there could this could lead then to um, an increase in demand for addiction services uh, post COVID-19 and when things start to settle down a bit yes because if somebody is dependent on drugs they need to have access to the drug because they will go into withdrawal, they will have craving, so they will need to access a service in order to get this via prescription. And that will increase demand, which now all our services are targeted towards COVID-19 and less likely towards managing a new entrance into treatment, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So what kind of um, drugs may people be looking for over the counter or pee medicines? And what signs should pharmacists look out for in this case? So initially, uh, people who misuse drugs, they may be seeking like prescription medicines which have potential for misuse and uh, they can obtain this via prescription. And uh, on top of this list, of course, there are the control drugs, including, of course, the gabapentinoids, possibly antidepressants, antipsychotics as well. Uh, Over-the-counter drugs, there are a lot of drugs that are subject to misuse. So, for example, people seeking codeine or or seeking uh, sedating products like uh, promethazine. People, um, for example, going into heroin craving, they sometimes go in and and get uh, over-the-counter loperamide. They, if taken in very high doses, people are self-medicating with it to overcome heroin craving. Uh, but these are all claims by people who use drugs. 
And what kind of like advice can pharmacists give patients that they suspect might be abusing um, these drugs or patients that they, they, they know are drug users? What, could, what advice could they give them? So pharmacists uh, or healthcare assistants or anybody really selling over-the-counter drugs, uh, they should be very vigilant about any medicine that they are giving out. So they need to look at uh, quantities, at frequency, so people go in every day to buy the same thing. Uh, so for any substance that's subject to misuse, uh, they need to be asking the, the right questions to make sure that the, the request is genuine. Um, they need to look for combinations uh, of drugs. So if somebody is purchasing, for example, promethazine together with codeine, for example. Then I thought it'd be good to kind of touch on a bit about supervised consumption as well at the minute. So yeah. we know that there's obviously an increased risk of transmission with supervised consumption. You know, how could we improve the service to make it safer for drug users who who are also at a higher risk of infection during this time as well? Yeah, this is this is very tricky uh, because uh, it is very difficult to maintain the two meter distancing uh, in a pharmacy. And especially if you have uh, more than one person or, or, or customer in, in the pharmacy. In a, in a consultation room, usually this is very difficult because the consultation room is very small. So asking a person who, are, who is on supervised uh, methadone to have it on the shop floor is actually not maintaining the confidentiality uh, of the service. Uh, and therefore, it, it is not a, a great situation. What I would suggest is people having more drugs to take home. But this, of course, have a lot of downside points. You know, what are the negative aspects of, of that? The, the negative aspects, um, if someone is taking a very high amount, for example, of methadone home, there is a very high risk of overdose. There is a high risk of um, diverting it. And diverting it means not taking it as prescribed, i.e. maybe injecting it. Again, that may lead to overdose. There is a high risk of selling it. Uh, so that person will go into illegal uh, transaction to sell it. So there are so many risks that can happen if someone takes a large amount of drugs home, especially if there are uh, little kids at home as well. So there are a lot of risks associated with that. Yeah. And is there, I guess they have to agree it with their addiction services, but if, if pharmacists are able to dispense in maybe smaller quantities, as in dispense methadone in like small bottles rather than one large bottle, would that would those kind of measures help to reduce those kind of um, negative effects that might occur? Uh, possibly, but I think uh, the history of the, of the person would play a big role. So the pharmacist uh, connection and, and, um, and rapport with the patient, um, knowing the past history, the pharmacist would be able to assess the situation and whether this would be a safe option for, for a patient. Therefore, I would suggest that pharmacists should assess this on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, that's that's completely true. And I, I know that Change Go Live are now offering a two-week supply to their um, users yeah. of their addiction service. And you know, it'll be interesting to see if other services offer the same the same thing. But yeah, completely agree that it would be on a case-by-case basis. Also, I, I will talk about the, the general impact of, of COVID-19 again about uh, and the lockdown. Yeah. So not only about the disruption of the supply chains uh, and the impact on dependent individuals. But what about accessing the services? So in a lockdown, people would find it more difficult because they can be stopped by the police. A number of organizations, there is an organization called Release. They actually have done something really uh, useful. Uh, Recently, they have created cards that have certain messages on it to explain why a person is out. So, for example, saying I'm out to collect my medication. So there are a number of measures that have been taken by a number of organizations to support these people. Another thing is the need for education, the need 
need for raising awareness and community pharmacists are best uh, positioned uh, to uh, to advise patients and to raise awareness about um, the transmissibility and the contagiousness uh, of COVID-19. In this difficult time, community pharmacies are falling under the pressures and we need to reach out for those people, whether via online training um, or infographics or uh, written information that can be sent uh, to them and shared with them, particularly on sharing drugs or sharing paraphernalia. Because as we all know, that if someone sneezes or coughs, um, the virus may stay on solid surfaces for a long time, depending on the type of the solid surface, let alone sharing paraphernalia. In the past, we were more worried about uh, sharing needles uh, because of the blood-borne infections. But now, what about uh, the airborne infections uh, like COVID-19, for example? So any tool or any device that is used for uh, snorting, for um, vaping, for smoking, for inhaling, all of that. So sharing of all of these devices can uh, infect other people and can increase the risk for contracting COVID-19. So this is a a very important point. Of course, uh, in the past, we had a very high rate of bloodborne infections like HIV, like hepatitis C, for example, among people who use drugs. And that's because of sharing needles and and other unsafe practices. Uh, The point now is about making sure that we are not going to end up with more infections after dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. So raising awareness is increasingly important. So harm reduction teams in Europe, they have uh, provided extra supplies of needles, syringes, uh, offered hotline for telephone consultations and for emergencies related to people who use drugs. And another thing I wanted to mention as well is people who use drugs, they usually suffer from weaker immune system and that's because of the nature of using drugs. So many of the illicit substances can uh, modulate the immune system, which increases the risk of these people contracting COVID-19. And therefore, it is really important to to raise this awareness as well, particularly to drugs like um, methamphetamine or ecstasy, which are known to increase the risk of infections. So they would be at high risk of infections, not only for COVID-19, but also for other infections. What about maybe discussing about difficulties for dependents? Yes. Okay. So difficulties for dependents. So when someone is dependent on a drug, as soon as the dose is wearing out, the person starts to crave and they have the drug-seeking behavior. And that can affect how this is going to be done, especially if they are from the marginalized or vulnerable population. So access to services is so important. And drug use is often associated with stigma. So people don't want to be judged, they may not access services because they don't want to be judged. So opening services to people is so important. So it's really important that uh, people who use drugs are aware of online chats, drug and alcohol services, where they can uh, be monitored and where they can get all the support they need in order to to improve their maintenance in treatment and uh, reduce their adverse effects from craving and from uh, dependence. Okay, let's talk about education. Yeah, community pharmacists are best positioned in to educate the public and high-risk patients and uh, other healthcare professionals as well in in terms of 
any emerging evidence on the prevention and treatment from COVID-19, uh, particularly where we are talking about respiratory and personal hygiene, uh, sharing drugs and devices. Uh, also, the, the harms of body packing with drugs as well, because that can increase the risk of death as well, not only of infection, but also of death. Social distancing and infection prevention in general. Basically, there is, there is an important point that we need, or, or the pharmacists need to balance the supply of medicines with the risk of infection and infection prevention. So there are these two together, and this is the dilemma that community pharmacists are facing really with this particular vulnerable group. So they need to be able to at least understand or differentiate between the people who are stable in treatment and the people who are non-stable on opioid substitution therapy, for example. And therefore, a certain cohort would require more monitoring and more management than the other group who are stable. So this is an important point to make. Uh, another thing uh, in terms of what the pharmacist can do is the harm reduction uh, education uh, that is inclusive. And inc by inclusive, I mean that it can reach many people from various backgrounds, many people from various cultures and languages. So make them understand, because as we can see now, the media and the Internet are contributing to the spread of a lot of myths related to what is good and why is not good and let me use this drug or let me stop my regular prescription medicine. So if people are in doubt of anything related to medicines, all what they need to do is to speak to a pharmacist because they are in the experts in medicines. So anything related to the safety of using any medicine, this, these are questions that need to be raised with a pharmacist. And there is also the education part of the online and self-medication because that's, yeah. that's a really important point in terms of drug substitution. If people are not able to get prescription medicines or to deal with the addiction point or illicit drugs from the street, they will go online and they will buy things online. And now in this pandemic, a lot of people are trying to make money out of this uh, by selling counterfeit medicines and counterfeit vaccines. And some, some people are selling uh, biohazardous compounds like infected blood and saliva, claiming that it can help people to get immunity from COVID-19. We need to raise awareness about online scams. This is very dangerous. At, the, at this moment in time, people, if they are desperate, they go online and they buy anything. Yeah, and this is definitely something that pharmacists can educate patients on and yeah. to make sure that they avoid this. Yeah. We also need to work together. Yeah. We need, we need to work together. We need to collaborate in order to tailor our emergency responses to various populations. So if we are thinking about cannabis users, uh, they are different from prisoners who are using drugs. This is different from heroin uh, injectors. This is different from illicit drug smokers. So this is different from the homeless cohort. So we need to tailor our emergency responses towards these cohorts, bearing in mind the shortage of staff that we have have and all the pressures on community pharmacies. Yeah and I think that point really just highlights how how widespread this is affecting everybody and you know how we yeah. need to just consider every single patient group and how there is a yeah. lot to juggle for all the um, community pharmacists as well. And can I just ask you to comment on the letter sent to the Home Secretary by the Advisory Council on the Misuse of Drugs? 
Basically, on the 1st of April 2020, the Advisory Council on the Misuse of Drugs have written a letter uh, to the Home Secretary. And this is because of the COVID-19 pandemic is, is expected to place very high demands on our health services. And based on that, the ACMD or the Advisory Council on the Misuse of Drugs, they have proposed three main points to the Home Secretary to look into. And we are hopefully awaiting implementation of the proposed points. And these points are to basically to allow legislation, to allow some flexibility of the legislation, to allow registered pharmacies to supply substances in Schedules 2, 3 and 4, Part 1 uh, of the Misuse of Drugs Regulation uh, without a prescription. And this is a major move, but this only will apply to patients who have been receiving uh, those medications as part of their ongoing treatment. The other point is sometimes the pharmacist sees that it's better to change, to make a small change on the prescription. And this has also been uh, another uh, request on that letter. And uh, so, for example, like uh, rights to change frequency of installments, for example, on installment prescriptions, even if the pharmacist doesn't have prescription rights. So this is another point. And the third point is to allow the supply of Schedules 2, 3 and 4, Part 1, again, of the Misuse of Drugs Regulation 2001 under a serious uh, shortage protocol. And this, again, to allow ongoing treatment uh, with alternative products. So if a certain product uh, is not available due to shortage, the pharmacist would be able to propose another alternative treatment. And then in this case, the treatment of the patient should not be disrupted. Okay, so hopefully we'll see some changes in the coming weeks. Yes. Thanks very much, Amira. That was that was that was brilliant, really helpful. And um, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again soon on this. That was Dr. Amira Gerges talking about the implications for drug users during the COVID-19 pandemic. In the midst of all the negative news we've been hearing over the last few weeks, we thought we'd bring you some positive news that we've seen from some of our readers on Twitter over the last week. Mike Hewitson, an independent pharmacy contractor, tweeted to say thank you to Bedminster School for printing 3D face shields for the pharmacy. A patient tweeted in and said, my Lloyd's Pharmacy is doing a great job at keeping our meds supplied. I dropped in a thank you card for them today to let them know how appreciated they are. Richard Brown, the chief officer from Avon LPC, made his first drop of PPE for pharmacies across the Avon LPC group. Huge thank you to the University of Bath engineering faculty for face shields and eye goggles. And community pharmacist Khaled Khan said after a long day at their own pharmacies, these community pharmacists came to a new pharmacy within the Iman Healthcare group and worked until past 9pm to get patients' medicines ready before the bank holiday weekend. If you'd like to share some positive stories from your community pharmacy teams, get in touch with us and we'll give you a shout out at the end of our next podcast. You can tweet us at Chemist and Druggist. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe to CND Podcasts on iTunes or your preferred Android app. Thank you for listening.